thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Crash, the UK culture and technology show, episode 242, recorded on Friday, the 22nd of February 2019, at, let's see, 1, 15, and 34 seconds. I'm recording the show a couple of hours late. I intended to record at 11, but I fell asleep. (laughs) I woke up just as Radio 4 was switching over to BBC World Service. I listened to the shipping forecast, made myself a ginormous mug of tea. Yeah, not a cup of tea, but I've got a mug. It's big. (laughs) And it's steaming. And I'm going to have a sip. Oh, that's really hot. I'll try not to do that again during the show. Yeah, just before we start, I've been playing around with my new amp, plugging it into different things. I'll tell you more about that on Sunday. But I've been enjoying myself. And now the studio, which really was just a room with computer equipment and some audio equipment like a mixer and mic for the podcast, genuinely looks like a music studio now. It's really cool. Got my big chunky plastic Yamaha keyboard on the floor to work as a drum machine. Yeah, it's cool. I'll talk you through it on Sunday. And yeah, the Umbrella Academy. I'm going to be talking about that today. I was going to say tonight, but really this morning. There may be some spoilers. It's almost unavoidable if I'm doing a whole show dedicated to just one topic. The Umbrella Academy was recently released by Netflix in its entirety, the whole 10 episode, or at least season 1. I'm not sure if there is going to be season 2. You see, my research didn't extend even to finding that out. But let's start off with actually explaining what the thing is about. It's a Netflix show based on a comic book about a group of children with superpowers who are adopted by an eccentric billionaire and then trained as superheroes. And later on, they try to stop the end of the world, which I'm guessing was their ultimate purpose. And they consist of seven children who grow up to be grown-ups. Well, most of them do. Messing this up already. Well, let's go through them. There's number one, Luther Hargreaves, Space Boy, because he spends a considerable amount of time on the moon. He is a gorilla-bodied human. (laughs) He is a kind of Superman analogue. He is dutiful and always does the right thing and is immensely strong. Number two is Diego Hargreaves, also known as the Kraken. 
He is a knife-wielding, black-clad vigilante of the night with really great detective skills. So, yes, he is a Batman type. There is also number three, Alison Hargreaves, also known as The Rumour, who is a rich film star and a mind manipulator. I couldn't find a direct analogue, but maybe my superhero knowledge isn't as great as I thought. So I suppose she's a bit like Poison Ivy. She can beguile people into doing exactly what she wants. There's number four, Klaus Hargreaves, who is pretty funny in the show. He, in the comic at least, is called The Seance, and in the TV show too, talks to dead people. He is like a wimpy, druggy, messed up psychopomp from DC Comics who I think you might know in later versions of The Question, perhaps Batman as well. I'm not sure whether he appears in Batman. But interestingly, so far, all these heroes seem to be loosely based on DC characters. And then we get to number five, who doesn't really have character name or even a real name in the tv show in the comic book he is known as the boy and he is a time traveling assassin <laughs> oh he's a schoolboy looking character who is also a vicious assassin who can teleport and time travel Number six is Ben Hargreaves, also known as the Horror. And his special power is that he is full of extra-dimensional monsters. And thus is possibly my favourite character. It was the Tentacles, man. It was the Tentacles. So, of course, both in the comic... And in the TV show, he dies early on because that's just my luck. And also, talk about shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, what a really great idea for a character. And totally wasted. Ah, oh, man. I'm also not sure who his analogue is in the comics, so if anyone knows, let me know. And finally, there is number seven, Vanya Hargreaves. And here we get into slight spoiler territory, so I apologise. Also known loosely as the White Violin, she is basically, and here's the spoilery bit, Dark Phoenix. And the first fairly easily identifiable character from Marvel Comics. Does make you wonder, though, when I was looking at that list earlier, why didn't the writer come up with properly original characters? Because I've seen this done before. Most commonly with Batman, you see loose versions of Batman in so many other comics. 
like in Stormwatch, for example. And actually, we'll mention Stormwatch a bit later as well. So that gives you a general overview of the show. And, yeah, I watched it, and I thought it was pretty good. Though, one thing that annoyed me slightly, not as much as the main thing that annoyed me, is that I do wish it was set in Paris, like the original comic. The only fairly well-known comic I know that is set in Paris is The Extraordinary Adventures of Adèle Blanc-Sec. And that is a pity, because, as I've mentioned before in this podcast, I spent a lot of time in Paris as a child, staring at French comics while I wasn't annoying my auntie and uncle. And later, Metal Hula, although I got into Heavy Metal magazine when I was a bit older. Oh, and... By the way, now that I've mentioned The Extraordinary Adventures of Adèle Blanc-Sec, The Extraordinary Adventures of Adèle Blanc-Sec is another comic book. It feels like I have talked about before in the podcast. I say another comic book because I also feel sure that I've talked about The Umbrella Academy Of course, that's impossible, because I started the podcast in 2012. And back when I probably first read both Adele Blasek and Umbrella Academy, I don't think I even had a blog. I had a website, but I wasn't on Twitter. I didn't have a blog. So, yeah, it's odd. And when I was typing up these notes... It forced me to do a text string search in the old show notes just to check, but yeah, I couldn't find anything. Odd. Anyway, I'm straying from the point, going off on a tangent again. (laughs) What a surprise. The point is, Adele Blasek is a good comic. Seek it out and read it. There's also a film from 2010, but that's a bit forgettable, unfortunately, despite starring the lovely Louise Borgoyne. Okay, and back to the Umbrella Academy and the comic. I read volume one of a comic by Gerard Way, the guy from My Chemical Romance and Gabriel Barr, the artist, a few years ago. And like I just said before, perhaps even before I started podcasting, when I was still living in Canada. Now, I didn't like the comic that much. Not so much because the ideas and the story were bad or unengaging. It wasn't that. But it did feel a little slapped together and all over the place and perhaps a little rushed. I thought the art, though, was mostly nice. Apart from one thing, and this is what annoyed me the most about the comic... And where we're going to talk about Stormwatch again. And that is the white violin, whose peculiarly sexualized representation bugged me. This sort of thing is part and parcel of comic book culture and doesn't usually annoy me. If it did, I'd be ranting about it every week, and I don't. So when it does, then 
you can bet it's something that's really rubbed me the wrong way. And this is where I want to bring up Stormwatch. Remember the character Rose Tattoo in Warren Ellis's Stormwatch? She absolutely infuriated me. Now, the white violin didn't drive me quite as bats, but it wasn't a great look in the comic. In both cases, in the case of Rose Tattoo and the White Violin, it just struck me as a not very honest way of sneaking a naked chick into a comic. The point I'm heading towards, eventually, is I was quite relieved in the way the White Violin is much better portrayed on the TV show. Because I was holding my breath until that moment. I thought, no, they're not going to do this, are they? And luckily the culture has changed since that time, and they didn't do that. Oh, and one last point on the comic book versions of both The Umbrella Academy and The Extraordinary Adventures of Adele Blasek. They both have a strong steampunk look. That look, although there are tiny little echoes of it, such as Luther's spacesuit on the moon, the Umbrella Academy itself, that look is mostly gone from the Umbrella Academy TV show. So if you are into or are a steampunk, sorry. Oh, and by the way, before I forget, if you're looking for the Umbrella Academy collected volumes, they are out of stock on Amazon, not surprisingly. Okay, let's head towards the positive stuff again. And the biggest thing that really impressed me, and blew me away really, and I'm still a bit stunned, was the CGI that powers Pogo the chimpanzee butler. Whatever computer magic that's behind Pogo is extraordinary and seamless. I have never seen a creature done so well before, even in the Planet of the Apes reboot. And it's even better than Shiva, the really convincing tiger from The Walking Dead, which for a long, long time I didn't know was just a guy in a ridiculous spandex blue suit. Pogo is amazing. Oh, wait a minute. Is Pogo a real chimpanzee? (laughs) That's how much I'm not sure. I'm going to look that up afterwards. What else? Oh yeah, Colm Fior is excellent as the eccentric, Victorian-ish looking billionaire who is not exactly the ideal father for his adopted family. He is very cold, very unapproachable. Though, I have never seen him play anything but cold, creepy alien. It's his go-to on-screen persona, so I guess that he's not really stretching his acting chops that much playing such a character. But he does it so well that I thought he deserved a shout. Is it any good? Yes. And I watched... The entire series over about a week, which, even though 
I didn't box set it seemed like a lot. So please don't box set this in one stupid long binge session. That is absolutely crazy. I've done that myself before, and I'm begging you not to do this in this case. The series consists of 10 one-hour episodes, and you'll end up needing eye, back, and possibly a bum transplant. Take your time and enjoy it. And that's really it. I can't really think of anything more to tell you about the Umbrella Academy. I thought it was good enough that it deserved an episode of Crash all of its own. And now I've got some tea drinking to do and some audio editing to do as well. So joy! If anyone wants to join the team as my audio editor, unpaid of course, please feel free. I can of course offer Garibaldi biscuits and tea. This show is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find me at RoyMartha.com, and you can contact me by emailing Roy.Martha at gmail.com. If you want to help, please review the show in iTunes and recommend it to a friend. You were listening to Crash, the UK culture and technology show, episode 242, recorded on Friday the 22nd of February 2019, and the time at the end of the show is 01.38.19. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye!